Hey, hey, and welcome to the latest issue of the Three Old Geeks Podcast. I am joined once again by the counselors from Camp 3 OG. First of all, the numbers guy, the keeper of the inner sanctum, the ruinator, and the contrarian, Keith of Keith's Comics. Keith, how are you? Good, good. We are the CIT Sopidios. Kids are brats, the food is hideous. Jeez, watch oh, the movie. man. Stealing my thunder. Oh, brother. Oh, was that you were going to sing that? I oh, no. No, no, no. We'll, we'll get no, to that. No, we'll get to that. And, of course, the man who's always wrong with the whole is collection, the pictures guy. The clown prince of collecting in the dirty old gate. Brian needs one. Brian, how are you? I'm great. Hello, Mata. Hello, Fada. <laughs> Here I am at Camp Granada. I had to come up with the camp song. It was a good one. Thank you. You did well. Thank you. And I, of course, am the world's oldest kid sidekick. I am the words guy. My name is Lance and Brian. It's okay to smear mud on your ass, as long as you're honest about it. (laughs) And welcome to another issue! So, Brian, do you have some news for us this week? I do. A couple of big things in the uh, the DCEU. Extended EU. universe. EU. <laughs> EU. First of all, there's an interview with John Cena where he um, hints at a possible, uh, well, crossover with uh, Black Adam and Peacemaker Season 2. Oh, wow. Yeah, that would be interesting. Yeah. That would be fun. Really cool. The two, the two biggest guys coming out of the WWE in the same... The same vehicle that'd be uh, that'd be interesting, and they'd have to wrestle. Oh, of course they're gonna have to wrestle. I just want to hear sit down, shut up, and know your role. And then the other thing, and I didn't know about this. I I just found out, and I'm I'm really excited. Is that they're doing a Penguin uh, series on HBO Max? Oh, they are. Yeah, out of uh, the Matt Reeves movie. Oh wow! Yeah, Yeah. with Colin, what's his name? Farrell. Colin Farrell. Well, yeah, and I've seen some of the stills off of it. It's like, you don't even... Re- He's a good-looking cat. He, he is unrecognizable. I'm I'm excited, just out of the trailer, that car chase scene where he ends up on his roof. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like, uh, you know, an oddly uh, disfigured Tony Soprano. Mm. Yeah. So, uh, I'm really excited for that. But hearing about a... a uh, Another HBO series. If Peacemaker's any indication, it could be good, dude. It yeah. really could. Yeah, I would like to see more of this. Marvel's cleaning up. So we've got, um, yeah, before we meet again, uh, Batman will open. And then we don't have another series, I believe, until the end of March. Right. Yep, Moon Knight. Yeah, which is, I, I don't know why they did that, why they left it open that way. We'll figure something else out. Yeah. But, uh, okay, so let's get into, um, first of all, uh, as I said, there was an unfortunate passing this week. Uh, This is be more on uh, Lance and I's than Keith, but I think this one uh, may even affect Keith. I don't know. But uh, Gary Brooker passed of Procol Harum. Whiter shade of pale. Yeah. If if you haven't seen the video of him singing it live... I want to say it's in Montreal, but I could be wrong about that. And I'm probably wrong about that. I think it may even be more Scandinavian. But it is probably the most stirring uh, rendition of that song ever put out. He just 
effing nails it. And it's just, I, my wife watches it at least a couple times a week. Wow. Yeah, it's, uh, it's very, very moving. So, uh, you know, moment of silence, love and respect. Births and deaths this week, we got in 1949. I think this man is just completely underrated. Uh, he's never brought up in the great pantheon of names, but I think he should be, and that's Frank Bruner. 1993, we uh, we unfortunately lost uh, Harvey Kurtzman from Mad Magazine. Uh, 1948 saw the birth of Doug Mensch. 54 gave us Greg LaRouche. 2012, this is probably one of the greatest Mandela effects. Oh, man. Uh, ever, so I had to include her. Uh, we lost uh, Jan Berenstain of the Berenstain Bears. Though, if you grew up when I grew up, they were the Berenstain Bears, and I will fight anyone on that. You just didn't know how to read. Yeah, that was my problem. I've seen how you spell things. I've been reading at a college level since third grade. It was the Berenstain Bears. Give a shit. <laughs> but 1960... Which college? What? Fa- favorite college? What you Barber college? or clown? <laughs> <laughs> you guys are Lance assholes. Lance brought his A-game. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> 1960 gave us the first appearance of Elongated Man. This week, 1958, saw the birth of Karen Berger, who's widely responsible for the Vertigo line of comics at DC. 1977, first issue of... 2000 AD, which really? has gone strong really? for 1,500 issues. Wow. Yes. Uh, and brought us... Judge Dredd. Rogue Trooper. Uh, ABC Alan Lawyer. Davis. Brian Boland. Um, yeah. Those are the two I can think of. Alan Moore. Alan he did, Moore. He did, he did some little things. Yeah. There. Miracle Man came out of that. All those English guys. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All them English guys. Uh, 1960, a good friend of Keith's. Uh, and a man he loves dearly, Norm Breifogel. I mean, Norm, <laughs> not supposed to talk about that. The restraining order is still in effect. Secret. Uh, 1960 gave us uh, also Jeff Smith, and 1962 was Andy Cooper. Wow. Yeah. February's been a great month for comics. Now we're going to get into March, and it's just going to be... All downhill from there. All downhill from there. With apologies to everybody who was born in March. Al Milgram, Fred Hembeck, and Rob Liefeld. (laughs) All right, so for this edition of the world-famous Thrill Geeks Top 3 list, gentlemen, with 15 minutes on the timer, maybe we should define this one. Are we talking... Let's go a little bit BTS here. We, we get these little top three teen comedies. No more explanation than that. So, so it, is that teen comedies featuring teens, about teens, or for teens? Uh-huh. <laughs> Our program director here. Uh-huh. uh-huh. <laughs> yes, exactly. Okay. I just exactly. All but right, well... comedies, right? Uh, you know what? I'm, I'm going to say... Based on your definition of comedy, uh, there might be uh, funny moments, 
Because my number one isn't exactly a teen comedy. <laughs> All right, let's someone die. Let's get 15 minutes on the timer. And yo. Okay, Jack the Ripper, what's your number one? Three. My number three. Uh, and I don't know if it's going to be on anyone else's. But this movie introduced me to Kelly LeBrock. Uh, absolutely fell in love with you it. You fucking bastard. <laughs> you fucking bastard. But my number three is... Uh, I didn't steal it this time. Yay! Weird science. That's my number one. <laughs> you bastard. This is the best show ever. <laughs> wait, wait. I want to redo my top three again. Top three, top three. I literally went, what's my number one? Well, what movie do I own on DVD? Weird science. <laughs> you own one movie on DVD? Sorry. That's the movie to own. <laughs> Unless you go with the lady in red, that's not a teen comedy. Oh, and that's not no, that's, um, that's not Joan Severance. <laughs> no, Kelly LeBrock is in that, yeah, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. Lance, but I think you see your nubbies in that one. Lance's Revenge List, Keith. <laughs> it's like wait, what was that movie with fucking Steve Buscemi where he's crossing <laughs> off names and he's putting on the lipstick? But well, that's an Adam Sandler movie. Was it Happy Gilmore? I have no idea. I don't watch Adam Sandler movies. Keith, oh. what's your number two? Number. number do I get three. to do my number three? <laughs> what's your I, number two? I lost my number three. Uh, my number three. I have so many written down here. I'm gonna go with it's uh, it's it's a comedy <laughs> about teens. I'm gonna go Ventures in Babysitting. Love that film, and I would absolutely put that on it, this it's, list. It's funny and it has Thor in it. So. And it introduced us to. Elizabeth Shue. Yeah. Okay, so Keith, your E.T. E.T. was your movie that you've seen a million times. Have you hated just because you've seen it a million times? I worked at a drive-in when it was out, so I, I saw it every fucking night. I worked at a movie theater. Oh. And I've seen Adventures of Babysitting about a million times. And I hate it. Okay. Wow. I hate it. And it, wow. it's literally, I hate it because I've seen it a million times. I'm sure it's a very entertaining movie. I'm never watching it again because I've seen it a million times. It's too bad that wasn't on our cult film list. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's probably an ranker one. Oh, yeah. Okay. Number three. Gotta go with the vehicle for Long Duck Dong. That was that one I played with. 16 Candles. How fucking good was that? 16 Candles had the kegger party that not only I wanted to go to, but I was Michael Anthony Hall at a, the only couple of house parties that I ever went to in high school. I was Anthony Michael Hall. Was I was the guy. Candies. Yes. I was the guy who knocked over the pyramid of beer cans. Let's put it that way. Oh. <laughs> You know what I think? I, yeah, I think we all purpose. were. I think we all were, uh, and unlike and just like uh, Anthony Michael wait, Hall, wait. we thought we were cool. I was never invented. I was just going to say I didn't parties. end up with the with the with the homecoming queen at the end of the night. Uh, she had a bad haircut. No. You know what? I could have. Let me just say I could have, but I was too much of a dork. <laughs> I had my shot, and I was too much of a dork. So. Uh, yeah, I never got the John Hughes ending then. Damn it. Damn it. Damn it. 
Okay. Okay, number mean? two for me, and this is a classic, and this probably Son should be I'm sorry, I'm just <laughs> on everybody's <laughs> list. I think that it's a movie that defines um, growing up in the 80s perfectly. Uh, it's a little uh, stereotypical, but the performance in it, uh, the performances are so good. And it was shot here, and that's The Breakfast Club. Okay, yes. well, that was my number. I mean, this I think I, John that was my list. backup. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because I knew that that was going to be on somebody's list. Because, yes, that that was... And there's always that moment when you're young where you bond, you bond with somebody over something from that different clique. Yep. Like, you find out, like, the the football player's in a rush or the really pretty girl really likes comic books or something like that. I mean, obviously, that never happens, but, you know. Not in the 80s. Not in not the 80s. Now. Might now. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no. Now, God only knows. But, I mean, but, yeah, there is there is that moment when you bond with somebody that you didn't expect to bond with, and that I think is a perfect example of that. You know what? And I'm gonna. This is just gonna be because uh, when we grew up, the really pretty girls didn't get into comic books. They just didn't. And it was like we had the Mego fucking super friends. And then we grow up and we get too old to really play with toys. And then McFarlane toys hits, and it's the coolest fucking characters ever. And you can get every fucking character that you ever wanted to see as a toy that they just didn't produce. That are, that are like that are like molecularly detailed. Yeah. Yes, yeah. hot and, toys came and, out. Yeah, <laughs> they're so fucking cool. And that's and now we're too old. The pretty girls are all in the comic books, and fucking the dorks still don't know what to do. <laughs> Some shit never changes. Ah. Oh. Uh, what's your number two? Uh, my number two. I'm going to Lance my number two. And you're uh, probably going to take now two and three off of Lance's back Probably, list. probably. My, my, my first one, just to round out the John Hughes thing, is Pretty in Pink. Yeah. Where I was more ducky. No, I like that. I was more ducky than yeah. anyone. Pretty in Pink has got its, like, ducky. Ducky is the best part of Pretty in yes. Pink. And yes. Yes. Andy Potts' character is awesome, and... God, there and, were so many good little films. And then they and that. they worked in a record store that the kind of record store you'd want to work in. Yeah, you exactly. Know? And then uh, my other one would be American Pie. I don't oh. think I, I don't think I laughed harder at many movies than when I saw American Pie in the theater. It's just so fucking funny. It's so ridiculous, but it's so funny. We'll just tell your mother we ate it. Yeah, yeah Eugene Levy's dad. Eugene Levy. He's been so showing up in a lot of stuff lately, and he's funny. really funny. Yes. He really Jesus funny. Christ, it took him forever to just become, for people to recognize the genius that he yeah. is, and we all watched him on SCTV and knew it. We did, yes. Yes. Number two for you. Gotta go with meatballs. I just, I they're very rarely movies that are like funny, but then they're like, and there's my other one is my my replacement number one is the same way, but it's it's a I think we've we've used term, it's a, it's a kind of a booby bimbo movie with a heart. Yes, and it's it's got um it's got all the great funny bits, it's got all the kind of silly bits and stuff like that, but then it's got like, you know, like Rudy bonding with Winger. Is it? Am I getting that confused with Stripes? No, no, Winger's, no. Winger's, 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 Winger's Stripes. Winger Stripes. Stripes. I don't know what. I don't he, know he's got he's, a similar name, but Bill yeah. Murray. But Rudy bonding with with Bill Murray and Bill Murray yeah. kind of taking him under his taking wing. him under his wing, and you know, I, I almost forgot. And when we talked about Star Crasher, uh, did y'all pick up that Harold Ramis was the voice leaving the message? Yes, yes. yes. Fucking brilliant. 
It made me sad a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. A lot bit. So, what is your number? Oh, my number one. Uh, again, another little film. It has funny moments. Because <laughs> your inter- your interpretation, because you thought you had, you had this, these were just teen movies yeah, as teen opposed movies. to teen yes. comedies. Yes. yes. Even I though just... you texted us teen comedies. Okay. He doesn't read his own text that he sends. Thought this one was great. I loved the soundtrack to this. If you haven't listened to the soundtrack, this is just a brilliant little fucking soundtrack. It's got Dio on it. Vision Quest. It's a great movie. I love that movie. Linda Florentino uh, is, is fantastic in it. The, is that the wrestling one? Yes. Yes. Shoot. The vi- the bad wrestler. Yeah, the big guy. Yeah, the, the big, big guy, muscle guy. That guy was I, I, to this day like carrying was, a railroad tie. It was Brock Lesnar. Yeah, he, he was before a, the, Brock Lesnar. And and I believe, uh, if I'm not mistaken, the uh, this is the same kid from. Pretty in Pink. No, not Pretty in Pink. No. Um, what was the other one that we picked with Long Duck Dong? Uh, Sixteen Candles. Yeah. yeah, he played the wrestler, and I don't know why he he was like Matt Dillon, but he never made it that big. No, and I, I think he was, right now he yeah. he does furniture. He's a carpenter. Oh, more power too. <laughs> well, because you oh you're, no you know the weirdest thing about people. No, this is oh no, I'm way off on this. Okay. Just keep going. <laughs> Just keep going, because Brian's always wrong, and he's wrong. Okay. He's um, just wrong. I don't think I am, though. <laughs> I still don't think I am. I, I have I am. my favorite and one of the funniest, so the two different ones on this number one. It's not really Lance. One of the funniest films I've ever seen, one that still cracks me up, is Porky's. I was going to say, and it was going to be a runner-up, uh, Porky's 2, when the guy comes running out in front of the cop car... And I didn't. Porky's is so much funnier than Porky's yeah. too. But when the, yeah, 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 yeah. I literally, I I think I almost pissed myself. I was laughing so fucking hard. I've never laughed in a theater as long and as hard as I did the, at that I, scene. I did when in the first one when they're, they're talking to uh, Ball Breaker, whatever her name is. Yes. And should we get a sketch artist and and, so, <laughs> and the guy in the background's just yeah, every, everyone's cracking. I, everybody's yeah, dying. Yeah. In I the was background. laughing so hard. I I didn't hear the follow up. <laughs> Why did they call her Lassie <laughs> when he's sticking the jock in her mouth? And the guy goes behind the fucking wrestling match that you always had hanging up on the wall, and he fucking. I was so. I don't, oh my I don't God! Think I've laughed as much or as hard at any other film. I have not one. pulled out the Citizen Kane statement recently. <laughs> Porky's is the Citizen Kane of Booby Bimbo movies. Oh yeah, it, it literally is. is the the the, 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 is. the first and the greatest. So that that is the funniest. My number one. Oh team. well, that's why they call you Meat. Yeah, <laughs> team comedy. <laughs> Is Mike Cunt here? <laughs> Has anyone seen Mike Cunt? <laughs> Baby, we should get a sketch artist. <laughs> so, yes. Uh, my number one, without a doubt, is uh, I've watched it so many times and I never get bored with it, never don't find it. It's better off dead. Yes. Okay. 2022... Is going to be the year we do Savage the deep Steve deep dive of Savage, Savage Steve Holland. Yes, we have to. So that that is that is it. Uh, that was no big shock. 
And I, I didn't think of Porky's till this morning. I'm like, because I was thinking really funny films. And I'm like, oh, Porky's was just so oh really funny. Oh, my God. What is your number one? I'm sorry. We're taking my time number away. one is, and the end, the end credits have one of those, like, those Citizen freeze frames. <laughs> those freeze frames where they tell you what happens to the, to the people. Yeah, and, they, yes. you know, and um, the one freeze frame is he won a million dollars in the California State Lottery and invited Van Halen to play at his birthday. Which is what I would do if I won a million dollars, and that is Fast Times at Richmond High. Yeah. Ah, and I thought that's where you were going with yours. You know what? I I loved Fast Times at Richmond High. I, Sean, uh, Sean Penn was great. Uh, the ordering the pizza in class is something every kid's wanted Isn't to do. Isn't this our time? <laughs> Learning about Cuba and having a little food. <laughs> but. Uh, the Phoebe Cates scene. John, John, Judge Reinhold in the bathroom. I will tell you this. Uh, one of the things uh, behind the scenes on that was... Uh, I was just going to say... He actually had a dildo that he was actually... And they didn't and, tell and, Phoebe and, Cates about it. And they didn't it. tell her. So her reaction was actually real. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, talk about... and But that's the thing. And then there's there's, there's also the, the nice part of that movie. You know, with like... Uh, and I shouldn't say nice, but you know, there's like some some real. It's it, it was it was as real as a as a teen comedy got yes. to me. Yes, you know, with with uh, with Judge Reinhold being the good older brother, let's put it that way, mm-hmm. and you know, and and uh, of the, the the kind of the nerdy kid saying like, you know what, Damone, you're kind of a dick, you know, and so, the, there was some there were some good points to that. Oh yeah, no no, the that music was, was great. There's a reason why some of these are legendary. Yeah, yeah. When when you talk about when you talk about Porky's, why we're laughing now? Yeah. I haven't seen the film in ten years, maybe even yeah, longer, yeah. but it sticks out. Fast Times at Ridgemont High. It had depth to it. All of the films have depth to them, or else they're not good. A minute and a half, half a minute, half a minute. Oh, okay. I, I, got, I, I do got to get this out of the way. Okay. Dude, my dad's a TV repairman. He's got the awesomest set of tools. I can fix it. <laughs> That's a back no pocket comment. Mentions. Yeah, there we go. There's a back pocket comment for 20 years. Lance has held that one. <laughs> now he gets to use it. Go on. Oh, I just had stuff like uh, I really Caddyshack. No one can. Just... All right, Keith. It sounds like you got more than that. But oh, Caddyshack has got the teen portion of the it. main. The main character is the teen. Yes, yes. So that's why um, my bodyguard. I love that great film. film. Love is that, that film. Is that comedy though? It has comedy in it's, it. It's it's as much of a comedy as uh, Vision Quest. <laughs> okay. <laughs> How about Ferris Bueller's Day Off? No one said that. I'm actually shocked. No one. You know said what? That. I I'm kind of burnt out on that one. Yeah, that's kind of the that's kind of the Foo Fighters of teen comedies. Like that's the go-to. Yeah, and the new Ghostbusters Afterlife is pretty. I'm cool. still waiting I to see that. that. I still got to yeah. see that. Yeah, that that one, it just came out on DVD, so I just watched it last. It's got to then be on some kind of streaming service soon. Yeah. So. All right, that's our top three teen movies slash comedies. Let us <laughs> know what yours are. Things. All right, for this week. We are joining number six on the ringers list of cult films. We are joining 2001's Wet Hot American Summer, directed by David Wayne, written by David Wayne and Michael Showalter, who was also Coop. Yeah. 
And listen to this cast. Janine Garofalo, David Hyde Pierce, Molly Shannon, Paul Rudd, Christopher Maloney, Michael Showalter, Marguerite Margot, or I'm sorry, Moreau, Ken Marino, Michael Ian Black, Zach Ork, 80 Miles, Amy Poehler, Bradley Cooper, Marissa Ryan, Kevin Sussman, Elizabeth Banks, Judah Freelander. I mean, a, a murderer's row of great comedic, and great actors in general. And I think that this was, I believe it was Paul Rudd's Elizabeth Banks and Janine Garofalo's first movie. Uh, I thought Janine Garofalo, I, uh, Janine Garofalo, I, I don't know about her first movie, because I mean, like, dude, uh, Mystery Men came out way before this. Did it? Yeah. Mystery Men was like in the mid-90s. When was the shot? 2001. It was Bradley Cooper's first movie. Hmm. I am disappointed to say I had never seen this movie. This is my first watch on this. Really? I had never seen this movie, and it is now my new favorite comedy of the 21st century. It wow. is literally... I, I, you know what I'm going to tell you is that then you would fucking die for the series. I got. I, I am going back to watch the series now because this movie was was genius. This movie was genius. Uh, Twenty years later, that they brought the same cast back, and they play the characters just like it's the next day, is the funniest shit ever. For me, <laughs> I, I, I that that struck me watching the entire series that this is supposed to be the the I think it's the day before, the first day of camp. Yeah, no the, yeah. Uh, the 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 prequel series is the first day of camp. Yes, and then they the 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 other series is the the ten years later that they, hey let's get together yeah. ten years from now. No, no, the series is the first day of camp, and then it goes to the movie. And then it's supposed to be se- there's two series. Oh, I didn't see the second. The series. The second series is the ten years later that they talk about. Oh, the okay, 90s. I didn't. I didn't see the ten years but later. Yes, uh, this is the last day of camp in a uh, a tribute to all the great. Late seventies, early eighties camp movies like Little Darlings and Meatballs, and it's just, I, I, it was so brilliant. I mean, it's broad, broad oh, comedy wow. to the point of almost parody. Everybody in it is hysterical. I, I mean, I just, I can, I can just sit here and lavish the praise on it or something like that. My favorite bit out of the entire movie was, all right, well. We, when we got together to form the softball team, we barely knew each other, and it didn't start off good, and the last couple of days we've kind of gelled, and, you know, when this anonymous evil camp tiger claw comes in, I'm sure we'll beat him on some trick play uh, that we developed, like, late late, late in the game yesterday. And the kid raises his hands like, isn't that a little trite? <laughs> you know what? I think you're right. And then he goes and talks, like, oh, no, they're, they're leaving. They're totally cool. I, I was, I, I... I had to pause it. I was laughing so hard, and I had to rewind it. That was such a brilliant piece of. I thought that the the whole David Hyde Pierce storyline, <laughs> <laughs> fucking brilliant. Um, and yeah, no, I don't work at the camp. <laughs> well, I would know that because I am the director of the camp. <laughs> but yes, two, okay. So you've got you've got the uh, the parody of the uh, the the sports. Uh, Thing that I just went over. Yep. You've got the talent show. Oh yes. You've yeah. got the oh my god the, the entire talent David show. Hyde Pierce uh, section, which is all the nerdy kids at camp. <sighs> and then you've got two ticking clock endings. You've got the kids who are going to yeah. go over the waterfall and Skylab, which by the way happened to fall on my brother's birthday. <laughs> uh, 
And that was fucking huge yeah, at the yeah, time. Yeah. yeah. That was huge. Where's it going to land? It's going to take uh, out uh, cities. The, one of the great opening scenes of all time where it's uh, all the camp counselors drinking and smoking weed to uh, Jefferson Starship's Jane. Yeah. The soundtrack in this was fantastic with a couple of modern songs kind of in the retro style. Yeah, I, I just, I cannot, like, tra- training montage. Uh, we talk about films that are ambitious and, and pack in too much. This film had so much going on, and it was so beautifully it delineated. It so successfully, yes. That, that you, you followed, a, you, everybody had the storyline. <laughs> and, yeah. and they were all different, and they all intertwined. Christopher Maloney is the <laughs> Vietnam vet. <laughs> I'm going to go fondle my sweaters. What? I'm going to go make some fondue. I'm having fondue (laughs) for dinner. The talking can. The talking can. Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, You've got the whole uh, story arc with Coop where they involve the training montage with Christopher Maloney where he goes from nerdy... I love you. He has the great... He delivers the great kind of say anything like... You know, we started out as friends today, but I want, but I love you, and and then of course at the end the retort is like, well, you know what, that was so cool and so romantic, yeah. but I'm just kind of really into sex. Yeah. <laughs> oh God, this movie had everything. The underrated dark horse of the whole thing was Molly Shannon's. <laughs> she falls in love with the kid. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that whole marriage. Fucking. <laughs> Arts and crafts, my marriage is falling apart. Why can't I find love? And that little kid who just fucking is... <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my... And, oh, Bradley Cooper and Amy Poehler. Uh, you know what? The, they... Yeah, you couldn't have done better than this. You could not have done what they did. I don't know too many people who could do what they did. When you start to look at it and go, oh, my God. It was a great well-crafted movie with a great script and it, the entire cast would just deliver. Oh, yes. You do have that amount of talent. On top of that, it is literally how I remember like being in grade school, how like people actually dressed. Yep. And they're, the way that they're... I mean, like, this wasn't like, a, oh, we're going to go to like the... You know, we're going to go find the retro clothing or whatever. This was like, we went to the thrift store and got the old clothing, and we had the stylist do everybody's hair like it was back then. Oh, yeah. Like that. It was fit. The, 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 the set dressing and the, and the costuming was just like, it was perfectly that 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 that, that era. Yep. With Bradley Cooper with like the pop collar and, and oh, man, it's just uh, amazing. And Paul Rudd is the bad boy. I, that was, okay. <laughs> Paul Rudd is a douche. I, I like... The douchebag cool guy that got all the girls. I couldn't... I, I was, like, stunned that this was his character. He's always the nice guy. He's yeah. always the hero. And this was totally... This was every guy I was jealous of in eighth grade. Uh, Janine Garofalo shined in this. She was so good. And then the the complete 80s... Uh, seven nerd kids and David Hyde Pierce oh, yeah. together. The if only we, we had, had some way yeah, to randomly generate numbers between one and twenty. Fortunately, I was yeah. a, a, I, was, I was like he was like a made man dungeon master level, and yeah. I never travel without my polyhedron <laughs> dice. Oh my god! <laughs> we can build this. <laughs> And of course, the one uh, 
the one outcast. Yeah. Uh, was he? A, I couldn't tell if he was a he was a counselor, but he talked like a robot. No, I think oh. I think he was a he was a kid. kid. He was, yeah, a, he was kid. a kid. And uh, and they, he actually turns out to like to have the yeah. carry psychokinesis or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, these were people I grew up with. These were I I I could relate to these characters. Yeah. Oh and, no, and the uh, every time and every time, oh god, uh, we we're just talking about him. Uh, Paul Rudd was making out with a gal. Yeah. Yeah. Like some kid would die, and yeah. this other kid would yeah. witness oh, yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. all of a sudden, Throw where are we going? Man. Super secret pizza party. <laughs> Throw one oh, in the van. Man. Oh my god. <laughs> Super secret pizza party. <laughs> and then they go into town. The counselors they do the in town scene. They packed a shit ton into yes. this. You can just keep talking about yeah. this, that. And then all the characters interacted. Yes. In the middle of I, all their storylines, they all interact. And you never lost track of their storylines. Nope. That's the nope. cool part. You have that many yes. characters, usually people get washed out. Yes. And it didn't happen. All right. Well, according to the director, he wanted to make a film structured like Nashville, Dazed and Confused, or Do the Right Thing, where it was a set period of time, but there was a ton of characters all interacting with each other. Yes. And I think they accomplished that wonderfully. Yes. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, it, it almost shocks me that, and it's funny because, yeah, you're right. It's a murderer's row of just great comedic ca- talent today. A lot of it was just starting out at that point that they didn't get bigger. You know what I mean? Like, he's not one of the greats 20 years later. I, I, I don't, I mean, obviously this, this was a big enough cult where it spawned other things, other projects based off of this or whatever. I will say that I watched, I had never heard of this film until the series came out. I watched the series. Oh, okay, so you watched the series. And that made me watch the film. Okay. Which then made the series so much funnier. It, it, I'd never watched this. I think it popped up on my Netflix a couple times. I'm like, oh, it's going to be a booby bimbo movie. Yes. I'll wa- maybe I'll watch it later. And never watched it till till this, now. I mean, I didn't even really I, heard This of was it. one that was always on my radar. Really? It was like always one of those, oh, that's, that's you know, I heard it's a pretty good throwback to those kind of yeah. Like, oh, okay, well, you know, I'll watch something else or whatever. And I finally got around to it, and I'm so glad I got around to it. I never had anyone bring it up. Not no. until the series. I, I didn't, I never even heard of this film until I the series. didn't even hear about it after the series. I hadn't heard of it until we got to it on the list. I mean, and like I said, it would pop up on my Netflix feed. I'm like, okay, great, and then I'd watch something else. But And this would have been a film that would have interested me. Because I love a good booby bimbo flick. Uh, you yeah. know, I do. I just do. I uh, but and cr- uh, correct me if I'm wrong. There were no boobies. In there. There's no, no boobies. No. Okay. There's no boobies. There's a couple I, bimbos. If, if, no if, if yeah. anything is lacking, there was bimbos. Oh, there was bimbos. Oh, there was bimbos. Yeah, yeah. bimbo. <laughs> the one gal's making out with a ten year old. Jesus Christ. But uh, if there was one thing they I could have stood for, it would be the airplane style. Just for the sake of you know, forgive me a pair of tits in this. Yes. Just have somebody like during one of the you know when they're running into the the for me. Where's the fucking phone? Like just have a, a somebody run across the screen like shirtless or something like that. I think that would have made this a one hundred percent complete perfect throwback to those kind of movies. I'm not gonna argue with you on that. Really? I'm not gonna argue. <laughs> You're not with gonna that. go. Hey, I didn't miss the nudity. Oh God, no! No, I, I, I again, it's a perfect movie. Yeah. To me, it's a perfect movie. Without it, if I, I, my one complaint would have been just, 
just to just to make it complete. Yes, and and you know what? It's one of those films that's so engaging that you you miss the fact that they didn't include that, which would have been the perfect throwback to an '80s film yeah. set in '81. You know that that type of film that was coming out then. Uh, and I was 15. Come on, you know the fact that I'm still 15 <laughs> <laughs> emotionally. Uh, no, it, this is just uh, top of the line. It's just. The thought that went into this. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely, uh, perfect, perfect movie. What does I that mean? So. Yeah. yeah, for for what it's supposed to be. Yeah, it's a it's a five star film. It is. I agree. Unanimous five star film. We just joined the cult of Wet Hot American Summer, and boy, are we glad we did. Alright, for this week's installment of a movie that people also watch, we decided to dig into the IMDb of the late, great Ivan Reitman and found a little film that he produced. 1983 Space Hunter Adventures in the Forbidden Zone, directed by Lamont Johnson, written by Stuart Harding, Gene LaFleur, and David Preston, and starring Peter Strauss, Molly Ringwald, and Ernie Hudson. And this is a nifty little kind of B-grade uh, sci-fi epic. You forgot Michael Ironside. We'll get to Michael Ironside. We'll get to him. We will. We're we're on our way. He was amazing. <laughs> I liked it. Oh, I liked it too. Yeah, I liked it. I liked it for entirely different reasons than I like Star Wars, but I liked it a lot. I like it <laughs> like I like Steel Dawn. Yes. Yes. Like I said, like a B grade. Yes. A really high, like a B plus grade <clears throat> sci-fi film. Yes. yes. Which uh, means that it's not without its criticisms. Okay. Early version of world building. Yes. And, and there is good world building and there is bad world building. Yes. This was bad world building. They just started throwing a bunch of terms for you. Oh, she's a scab girl and... You know, okay, and then we'll, I'll track you to... It's, it's just like... I actually like that. Good world building, it has to be just slightly off the real world. This was far too... We there was, You had to think about it too much to me. Oh. Uh, you know what? What I, what I do enjoy is when they put you in a place and then they don't explain it. So that you, along with the uh, main character, get to learn what's going on. I liked, I really liked the the little twist that they took with the language. I just, I, it was, it was too much. It was, I, it, if it was less quantity, I think the quality would have been better. Like if every other word wasn't some thing coming in, like, like my Ringwald, like literally every other word was some, you know, new slang that we were supposed to figure out. And I just, I, it was just too much. I never had a problem. I didn't either. Okay. Yeah. I but I, I but again that's something I like in a film is when they throw that. I like that in um, Dark Knight Returns when Frank Miller did it with the the mutant gang. How it was uh, yeah. yeah, I slide ways and no, I really like that slice and dice. So that's something that that uh, trips my trigger so to speak. Uh, so I like that. I enjoyed that and it stayed consistent. Um, and it never felt forced. Yeah, to me, it felt... Yeah, and they didn't need to throw exposition in to explain it all. Yeah. Uh, I thought that the premise of uh, of the planet was a little um, 
simple. That, yeah, that was that needed building. Yeah, I thought it was simple in that you had great these great leaps of time on the planet. I thought it was interesting that it was 2012. <laughs> it's like shit. I want my fine car. <laughs> yeah, I thought the explanation behind it was, oh, there was a plague, and then they sent a team, and then 30 years later, nobody had gone back. And the team was just missing. Nobody's heard from them since. I was like, what? You, what? You just sent a team and what? <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. They're gone. <laughs> well, they signed up for it. They knew the risks. It was a suicide squad. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, the basic premise is that uh, a trio of Earther beauties crashes on a forbidden planet in the Forbidden Zone, and Wolf, Jack Wolf, the. Han Solo lights. No kidding, he sounded like. Oh yeah, like Harrison Ford. But I Indiana, liked him. Indiana Jones, Han Solo. I'm like, yeah. Uh, it, it goes in to retrieve these three uh, women from their uh, their mutant captors or had to, whatever. Had to get that three thousand mega credits. Yeah. And you've got uh, Ernie Hudson as the what was it the not the region the, 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 not district it was uh sector the sector chief or whatever yeah of the space police you have molly ringwald as a indigenous uh scab girl scab, scab girl, girl. Yeah. Or, or no she wasn't a scab, scab girl she, well, well she kept saying girl. she wasn't a scab girl she, she kept saying well, cause, that yeah because scab girls are easy yeah it's not like people walk that's not most women don't walk around going i'm a whore got it in there you go i know oh. <laughs> And oh um, wait, what was the oh there was another term. Oh uh most uh most women don't run around going, I'm a Holly Go Lightly. <laughs> you like that? I heard that this week, so I thought, oh I'm gonna Holly throw go that in. That, a Holly Go Lightly. That's the Breakfast at Tiffany's. Yeah, Audrey Upper. And, and who Jim was Bale, a whore. Jim Balance's wife. That's what her name her Pseudonym? Yeah. Oh. It's Holly Go Lightly. Yeah, because it's probably a breakfast at Tiffany. She was a whore. Back to uh, Space <laughs> Hunter. For, again, for a B-grade movie, great practical effects. Yes. All the, the explosions you can want. A lot of those. A lot of explosions. I loved uh, his... He starts off with a female sidekick at the beginning, and she gets hit early, and you think, oh, she got killed. Turns out she's like a, a robot. Yes. And he hits the self-destruct on her, and she melts. And I thought it was yeah. like... Wow, that was kind of cool. I thought that was cool, too. I, I actually liked that quite a bit. However, this movie had was so derivative in so many scenes. There was like, oh, this is the Mad Max scene. Here's the Indiana Jones scene. Here's the Thunderdome scene. You know, it was like... They threw a lot in there. It was ambitious. It was yeah, ambitious. They threw a lot in there that didn't... It didn't need to be there. Yeah. The the Aqua you, women. I, yeah. <laughs> with the dragon, you could have left out. Yeah. Uh, was, the part where he goes into the old, uh, it was right out of Indiana Jones when he goes into the old spaceship and like kind of slides in and then falls into the pile of skeletal corpses and yes. stuff like that. It was like, ah, okay. And then the, uh, the maze scene was a little thunderdome for me. However... <sighs> It looked like Molly Ringwald was doing a little bit of her own stunts. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And she crawled through, like, a pile of, like, weird angle jagged metal. And I was like, that's really her. They're doing a close-up on her face. Yeah. 
I don't know if I would risk one of my actors doing that, so I gave her all the credit in the world, because that looked kind of, that looked legitimately kind of scary. Could have been plywood. It could have been plywood. Yeah. It, if, if it was plywood, they did a bang-up job of making it look like, yeah. like, like rusted metal. I really, they really did. I thought that scene was a little uh, American Gladiators. Well, then you've got the two. You've got Ernie Hudson, Ernie Hudson, and Peter Strauss. Like, and and all the sci-fi at the age suffered from the stormtrooper syndrome, where you have your masked henchmen, so you yes. only have to hire X amount of stuntmen. And they had the oh, let's knock these guys out and steal their uniforms, which is like it's starting to become like oh god, here we go again. You know, that's that's a real trope that is uh, is getting well worn out. Yes. Oh, until you throw in the most people don't know that when you kill someone they shit themselves. <laughs> that was a twist on it. It is now. <laughs> that was a twist on it that you weren't expecting on that trope. That was fucking. Why are my pants wet? Oh my god, I was crying. Uh, um, yeah, I, I, you know what? It was like they show Molly Ringwald first in the maze, and then there's like there's forty seven rows of fire. Yeah, you know, and then when she jumps through it, there's three. Yeah. <laughs> You could have just ran through it. You didn't even have to do the great shield jump. Yeah, the Captain thing. America spot. Yeah. You didn't need to. You could have just. You could have actually kind of walked slowly. And didn't even. And would not have. There was not enough to. Well, again, risking the talent. Yes. No, there was not enough to even. I wouldn't call that a risk. But anyway, I, I liked Molly Ringwald in it. It was weird seeing her in science fiction. Yes. It was. It was. It was. To the point of almost being jarring. Yeah. You know, like, like, you know, you kept expecting, like, you know, I don't know, like a John Hughes moment or something like that. And it, yeah. Well, this was before that. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. This was, yeah, this, this was this, pre... She was 15 when she did this. Which is why they didn't, um... What, sex her up? Or, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Trying to come up with a proper... Yeah, it was... They didn't, yeah. um... They handled her appropriately. Let's just say that. Actually, they handled everyone appropriately. I did miss, and perhaps one of you can explain it to me, because there were other things going on during the movie, so uh, there were a few scenes I missed. What was so important about the three girls? I couldn't figure that out. They were rich. They were just rich, just entitled. Yeah, entitled. Oh, okay. So, you know. And did you get the Karen, like, we demand you call, you signal for the space captor. It's illegal for you to hold us hostage. I was just like, okay, Karen. (laughs) Yeah. That was Karen before Karen was Karen. Yeah, there you go. Um, and uh, now getting to Michael Ironside. Wasted. I yes. actually thought the combination of the practical effects, the makeup, and Michael Ironside made for a really good... Yes. Master villain. Yes. The overdog. Yes. Uh, just a, a great visual that's great, you know, on a... a, a on armature, like a, a robotic armature for the bottom half of his torso, the great uh, pincher hands and stuff like that. And then you've got the terrific Michael Ironside just, uh, you know, hissing his lines over yes. the top. Fantastic. One of the better villains I've seen in recent memory. Yes, and and I the, just thought he was wasted because yes, they, the they creepy, made him immobile. The creepy, take her clothes off. <laughs> yeah. Uh, undress her. Undress her. Slowly. <laughs> <laughs> I felt dirty after that. You got to do quite a bit. <laughs> you got to do quite a bit to get me feeling dirty. Oh, Michael. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. That, oh, ew. Ew. You needed a paycheck. <laughs> he was great. I wanted to see more of him. 
Uh, I thought Peter Strauss was a great uh, kind of dashing hero type. Uh, Indiana, in, yeah, head solo white, if you will. Yes, I, yes. I think they should have given him a drinking problem. Ooh, there you he go. would have been better. It would have it would have set him uh, apart, though. Given him the scab waif girl at the end to raise as his daughter. That was uh, yes, completely foreseeable through the whole fucking film. But anyway, <laughs> and he was an ex he was an ex cop or whatever space cop because yeah. He Went to school with Ernie, Ernie Hudson, Hudson. Yeah. who, again, I, anything Ernie Hudson does yeah. makes it better. And Ernie Hudson is another one of those guys, anything he's in is immediately better. Yeah, yeah. It just him. he adds so much to it, and he was so much fun in this as kind of the... With his big plow truck. Yeah. Hot, hot, that fell apart every Hotty toddy regional chief who fucked up his plane and yeah. needed a ride out. That was fun. Uh, you could have seen this becoming a franchise. This if was it, originally in 3D, I think, too, but I didn't see any no. scenes where that seemed like it was evident. Yeah, nothing jumped out at me no, like... Uh, the title. That was it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was like you expect these things coming. Like, especially when you're going through the maze, you expect to run into a spike and have yeah. a spike right there. Yeah. And there was nothing no. like that. No, I thought that, like I said, the maze was just too... Uh, American, American Gladiator. Gladiator. I did like the scenes with Peter Strauss and Molly Ringwald. I thought that was fun. Yeah, actually, when you t- you always talk about chemistry, they had really good chemistry. They did. Yeah. They did. That's what I mean. And then you throw Ernie Hudson in, who is kind of, uh, you know what, Lindsay Buckingham made an interesting comment about Stevie Nicks' voice, in that she has the type of voice that she can do a duet with anyone, and it'll sound good, um, which is not the case for most singers. Ernie Hudson is like that, in that you put him in anything, and he mixes he works, well. Yeah. He just... I don't know if it's uh, he's just got that kind of chemistry that bonds with everybody, but uh, to see the three of them in another film would have been great. Yes, in a John Hughes film would have been great. I would have liked to have seen a continuation of this with a little more money. Yes. Yeah, maybe a little bit more plot. They were light on that. Yeah, but you know what? You don't need a whole lot. No, but this was it was a this was a kung fu movie. It was a. It was a bare-bones story to get you from set piece to set piece. And like you said, when, when you talk about world building, I liked the language, which you didn't, but I didn't like <clears throat> the, the weak premise of the, the world that not, they were yeah, on. Yeah, not elaborating any more on anyone. Yes. I mean, not building up Ironside's character, giving them a little bit more depth other than, you know. How he got there. Yeah. Because yeah. Yeah, he, you he, heard he, the, he, the one guy say, oh, I'll be the dictator of everybody. And then, was that him? But they never explained no. that I saw. No, it I, seemed I, like the old guy was the, was worked with him too, but they never explained that. Mm-mm. No, he, he, I I thought that because there was like three guys that arrived on the planet, right, with with the overdog, and he became the overdog. Yeah, it seemed like the other guy was one of the guys too, because he was sort of cursing him out or what you know. What I did like in the beginning scene when the old guy, the first old guy, there's like, oh, we can't do the blood stop or whatever yeah. the fuck they were saying. I like that Peter Strauss didn't help. Yeah, yeah. I just like, oh, that sucks for you. Yeah. So anyway, listen, how do I get to this forbidden zone? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, we're trying to save his life. He's going to die. Yeah, that sucks. Suck. But do I go east? <laughs> 3,000 mega credits. Shut yeah. up. <laughs> do I go east? Tell me what I'm doing here. I just lost my robot. Yeah, so and, then, and then they did. tried to create an adventure around that that just didn't go. Yeah. Uh, if I could see more of one thing, less of the maze, more of the aqua women. 
Would have been fun. Well, seeing that scene, I had a feeling you would be a fan of the Aqua Women. Yeah, I would have liked to have seen their world. How did they become Aqua Women? There was a line. Uh, I don't think he's sturdy enough to breed with them. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I was just like, "That's a bet I'll take." That's a bet I'll take. <laughs> either that way, was a great either line. way, I win. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a bet I'll take. That was great. Uh, all in all, it was a fun film. It wasn't. It wasn't a Brainiac film. It's one of those films that you watch and you go, oh, this could have been so much yeah. better. This it, could have been. It's snack food. You, 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 I you, was just you, actually going to call it junk, sci-fi yeah, junk food. Yeah, yeah, you just yeah. watch it and you're like you're done with it and you don't need to go back to it. But you can. You know, the funny thing is, is you watch it and you go, this would have been so much better if Reitman would have directed it. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> it either would have been more serious or funnier. yes. Or a, a better combination of both, but it would have been yeah so much a better film yeah you know with a with a Reitman at the helm because you want to say oh if it had a better director I thought the guy did an adequate job he had a better writer yeah you I, know what film is a director's medium so what you get is not necessarily what the script is it's what the director decides this is going to be the story in, yeah, yeah and so the script could have been wonderful which That's is true. why I don't generally blame a movie for the script it's usually the director who's making those changes yeah i think that had it i'm, I'm gonna agree with you in that had the, the they gone for a little better world building if they had given him some meat to work with unless he threw it all out yeah it it's be. not it wasn't a name i knew no i, I was gonna say i i don't i i i'm not familiar with the work of lamont johnson all right, boys, so uh, pretty decent uh, junk food uh, space uh, or science fiction movie. What did, uh, what's the star rating on this uh, You know what? On the B-movie scale, I'm going to give it three stars. I think it was on a regular movie st- scale, I'd probably give it a one. <laughs> wow, that's a big... T- yeah, but I, B-movie scale, I'd it was fun. I'd probably give a B-movie a three and a half. It, on a regular scale, probably two. Okay. Uh, yeah, I... I, I'll go right down the line with Keith. There, three and a half for the B for a B movie, like a two for your normal audience. Uh, we had a lot of fun watching Space Hunter Adventures in the Forbidden Zone. Let us know what you think. The three old geeks are now on YouTube. Check us out there, and don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. If you can't find us, stop by our Facebook page to get a link. And while you're there, drop us a line and let us know what you think of the podcast. Tune in next week, same geek time, on all your favorite apps for all new, all different material. Thanks a lot for listening, and hey, keep on geeking on.